Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Welcome to Women's Hoops and Talks, the What Podcast, where we are elevating the voice of women in basketball. I'm Tara. And I'm Cassidy. Thank you so much for listening today. We've got a great show coming up. We are talking NBA playoffs, and we have a very special interview with TNT analyst and a pioneer for women in sports, Stephanie Reddy. And today for the icebreaker, I'm thinking, Tara, since it's just you and me, Let's talk Blazers. If you could design a Blazers City Edition uniform, where would you draw your inspiration from? Okay, so I liked fundamentally the idea of the original City Editions with the plaid, but I would like them to go all in on the plaid, and I don't know why they did that. Like, the first City Edition uniforms, those are the ones that were, they said Rip City on them, and they were uh, black with gray plaid which like Mm -hmm. it was so subtle that you could barely see it and it was one of those like maybe if you get closer you'll see it better but not so much so I love the idea of the plaid and as we saw Terry Stotts wearing his plaid shirt the other day obviously it's a very important concept to Rip City so just go all in and give them a plaid uniform that's where I would draw mine how about you so I am thinking the exact same thing as you, but I came up with a second backup plan just in case that happened. (laughs) And so (laughs) I'm thinking that I would draw inspiration from all of the bridges in Portland and I would do some kind of really bold geometric pattern involving all of the, like some of the bridge elements in blazer colors. But I think our city edition uniform should be kind of like bright and out there because it's Portland. We're a little out there. And it should be represented in that. So I think I would draw inspiration of that. But I would love to see a a true Jack Ramsey uniform. Right. Well, we're two years into the Nike uniforms. Uh, For you, what's kind of like your overall grade on just like the Nike uniform experience? I think that it has added an interest, like all of the different uniforms, because we had a few different ones before. But I think the, the variety is kind of nice. But I think... As far as the Blazers uniforms, I think I'd like to see them step it up just a little bit. I mean, Oregon is the home of Nike. Yeah. So maybe we could just be like a little bit cooler than everybody else. But I did really love uh, the Prince uniforms this year from Minnesota. I think there have been some really great ones. I love the Milwaukee Bucks cream colored ones. Are they the ones that have the cream colored ones? Oh, I think so. Those are good gorgeous but i don't know why people keep making gray uniforms in my personal opinion that is a terrible color for a uniform the spurs are the only people who should have a gray uniform and that's it like stop trying to make everybody gray i don't know why they're doing that i think there actually should be a ban on it like okay the spurs can wear gray everybody else you have to have a real good reason to be wearing gray right like a good reason (laughs) and there isn't one there just isn't one stop it well and I thought it was super annoying when they, like, changed the names of all the uniforms. Like, instead of just having Home and Away, they were, like, I don't know, whatever they were, Statement and whatever. 
Mm-hmm. Like, not just calling the uniforms, like, the straight-up names of them was, like, super annoying. I do like the fact that, you know, that there are specific editions of jerseys, and it's very clear which edition they are. But mm-hmm. I just don't like the fact that they just couldn't call them home and away. Because, like, why confuse us <laughs> that much more? Yeah, it is. It's a little confusing. But I'll... I'll get over it as long as we get fancier uniforms. (laughs) Right. Well, I think that we should go ahead and uh, run our interview with Stephanie Reddy. It's uh, so cool to talk to someone who has so much experience on different levels with basketball. And um, let's just play it. And then we can uh, talk some more about the playoffs after we hear from Stephanie. Well, we are so excited to welcome Emmy winner Stephanie Reddy to the show. Stephanie is the NBA on TNT virtual reality broadcaster. She's also the host of The Bounce on Yahoo Sports. Thank you so much for being here today, Stephanie. Hi, thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Well, so we have been studying up and learning all about you, and you have such an interesting and impressive resume that runs from being the first woman to coach in a men's professional league the first woman to be a full-time TV analyst for an NBA team. And now here you are, a pioneer in the virtual reality media space. So much cool stuff that um, you have been doing. But we'd like to roll it back and learn a little bit more just about like how you got into sports and what about basketball in particular uh, really inspires you and draws you. Yeah, well, it's funny because I always joke um, about basketball being my first true love, and I have to be careful and not say that around my husband because, um, you know, he may take offense to that. But um, the game has been a part of my life for as long as I can remember. Um, Growing up, my dad was a very huge and still is a big fan of just athletics in general. So we always were watching games on television Um, I grew up in the D.C. area, so we were lucky enough to have really good college basketball teams while I was young. Georgetown was in their heyday. University of Maryland was doing well on both the men's and the women's side. Uh, That was when UVA was also among the nation's leaders when they had Don Staley at the point guard. You know, so there was a ton of basketball right around me when I was a kid. Um, And even like family picnics and cookouts, someone was always playing hoops. So for me, oftentimes I would have to watch because I was a little girl and, you know, these were grown adults playing. And I mean, I was a little, little girl, you know, like four years old. So there was no way I could play. Um, But I love watching. And so it's just, it's always been there. And and I remember uh, in college, you know, being that person that if we had a 5.30 a.m. practice, I would get dressed for practice the night before. So I'm wearing my practice uniform and down to the socks. And I would literally sleep with my basketball because when the alarm went off, I was just up and gone. You know, and my roommate who did not play sports was just like, what in the world have I gotten myself into? <laughs> <laughs> and she and I are still great friends to this day, but we often laughed about, you know, our first impressions of each other. And she was like, yeah, I didn't know what you were going through over there. <laughs> 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 but it's always been there. I, I love it. It's I've been lucky enough to make a career out of watching NBA basketball, which if you would have told 10-year-old Stephanie Reddy that that was even a possibility, I would have said, no way is that a possibility. <laughs> um, so this is just, it's literally a dream come true for me. I get to sit courtside at NBA basketball games and talk about it. And that is my job. It's just unbelievable. 
That's amazing. So in 2001, you became the first woman to coach a men's professional team when you became the assistant coach for the D-League Greenville Grove. What was that like for you to be coming into a new job, but also being a pioneer for women who also wanted to become coaches? You know, it was really interesting um, because prior to that, I was a coach at Kaplan State on the men's side, and I was on their men's staff for two seasons before I went to the D league. So I had some experience with being the only woman in the gym and the only woman on the recruiting trail and the only woman, you know, in the team meetings and all of those things. So I think that was, it helped me with the transition. So it wasn't a foreign entity to me by the time I got to the D league, but I tell people all the time that, you know, in any job, you're only as good as your team, right? Your coworkers, mm-hmm. your, the people that are your bosses, as long as they allow you to continue to grow and develop professionally and trust in you, then you're going to have a terrific road ahead of you. And that's in any field. And so with me and coaching, the same thing was true. Uh, coach Milton Barnes was the head coach of the Greenville group at the time. And he trusted me to do my job. He didn't coddle me. He didn't hold my hand. You know, in those days in the D league, you had one assistant coach and that was it. So I was his person and that was it. Um, so obviously, you know, he would let me run drills in practice and I helped him with scouting reports. And often I was the one that was writing and presenting those scouting reports. So we had a terrific first year in that league. It was difficult just because the traveling, you know, you're on buses for hours and hours at a time going from these small Southern towns. Um, so that wasn't ideal, but the camaraderie that we built as a group, they became like my second family. I mean, I'm still in touch with lots of those guys from that first team and winning the championships always helps because as everyone knows, winning cheers all ales. Um, <laughs> but it's, it was a special time, you know, and at the time I knew that I was the first and there was a lot of publicity, a big splash when it first happened. But once the season started, nobody was worried about that. You know, we were just trying to win basketball games. That's awesome. So uh, you're the first coach that we have had on our show. So we're excited to have a coach's coach's brain (laughs) on here. Um, And also, you mentioned that your team won the championship that year. Of course, we're now headed into the playoffs. So one of the things that we're wondering about is how does a coach's life or approach change in the playoffs, you know, compared (laughs) to how a player's? Right. Yeah, that's funny. I'm laughing because you use the word life, but it doesn't exist. There is no life. You you don't do anything for yourself anymore because you're so focused. Um, It is a all-consuming job. Uh, People don't really understand how much work goes into preparing for basketball games, especially at the top level. Yes, there's a lot of assistant coaches and you have your video coordinators and you have people that will, you know, clip these edits for you and do all of these things, but you are still in control of the information that you get to your players. So that it's not just about personnel and the scouting report for the opponent. It's about schematics. You know, you're trying to develop the scheme that's going to put your team in the best opportunity to find success. And that's offensively and defensively. So, I guarantee you these coaches that are coaching right now in the playoffs, they're not getting a ton of sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, they have watched a ton of film and it's not just the opponent. They're watching themselves too, because they're trying to figure out the best grouping of players that they've had success against other styles of play. You know, for example, if there's a fast paced transition team like the Thunder, then you may have a different grouping of your players 
that played well against that style of play. So you're trying to figure all of that out. You're trying to figure out who matches up well for you on the other team. So if they make a sub, do you need to then make a sub to counter that? You know, you're playing chess and it is constant. I remember when I was coaching and it wasn't nearly to this level, obviously for with the NBA playoffs, but I remember I didn't sleep much. And when I did sleep, I was dreaming about the game. So even when I was sleeping, it still wasn't restful sleep. <laughs> I'd wake up and like jot something down, you know, Oh, that's a great idea. Or, Oh, that didn't work. Let's, let's figure out how to tweak that. You know, it's just, it's constant because there is no finality until you make it to the final. And even then it's just for the buzzer sound. It's constantly making adjustments and improvements and developments. It's just never ends. That's so cool. Um, and then I'm wondering, kind of from the analyst point of view, you're going to be covering the Portland OKC series. How do you kind of prepare for that as an analyst? Well, it's interesting um, because it, it is different, the different roles that you play in the broadcast, the way that you prepare. Um, at least for me, everyone has their own style and their own system. Um, but for me, with this series, with Portland and OKC, I'm actually doing sideline for TNT linear television for the first round. And then I switch over to the virtual reality for the second and the third round. Um, but for a sideline, it's interesting because you obviously have to know players and coaches, but you want to know their side stories. You know, there's lots of things about players that people at home don't know. Some are interesting, some are not, you know, but it's your job to kind of sift through those things and determine what the people at home are going to be interested in knowing. And, and the playoffs is tricky because, you have the hoop heads like us who have seen, you know, the entire season, but then you have the casual fan who only starts to watch when the playoffs starts. So you have to find a happy medium of educating and enlightening the casual fan while not boring to death and talking down to the hoop heads. So there's a, a fine line there in, in what you decide to talk about and tell stories. Um, but you do want to know, you know, their tendencies. You want to know what they like to do, what their trends have been, so that if something is off trend, it's something that you need to take note of. And that may be a question that you ask the coach in a timeout. So, oh, yeah, Tara. Well, <laughs> maybe you had the same question. We were wondering this before uh, we started talking to you. What exactly are virtual reality telecasts? Because neither Cassidy have I have, have seen one before or experienced one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so glad you asked. Um, I get this question a lot. This is only the second full season um, that the NBA on TNT is doing the virtual reality games of the week. And now we're going through the playoffs. And essentially, you, to watch these broadcasts, you have to have the virtual reality goggles or headset at home. So if you have the goggles, you download the NBA on TNT app directly into the goggles, the Oculus Go headset. That's what we have at our house. And when you do that, the game comes on live, just like it does if you turn your television on. The difference is that you're watching it in virtual reality. So the rule at our house is when our kids are watching the game in VR, they have to sit down <laughs> while they're wearing the headset because we don't want them getting hurt or them breaking anything in the house. <laughs> because it literally feels like you're in the arena. That's it so feels cool. like you're sitting courtside and watching the game. So when you have the goggles on, you hear my partner is Rick Hamilton uh, of Detroit Piston fame. 
Uh, he and I work the games together, and our objective is to make the fan at home feel like they're sitting between us watching the game with us. So That's amazing. It really is. I mean, it's, the technology is jaw-dropping. I mean, it's unbelievable. I can't do it justice describing it, but I'll try just to give you a little bit. It's like when you're watching, you can look to your left and look to your right, like physically do it, just like you were sitting courtside and see what's happening in the arena live. So it's unbelievable. Where are the ca- are there cameras? I guess all over the place, shooting it and stitching it together into a yeah. three dimensional experience. Yes. So if you go to a game and there is a virtual reality telecast, you'll know because if you pay attention to the area around the court and where the basket stanchions are, you'll see a different type of device. You may not even recognize it as a camera because it's I. It almost looks like a spaceship because it has like a disc, like a dome coming out. And so there are multiple camera eyes going around the disc. And so that's the way they shoot like 180 degrees from one camera. And then so where do you as broadcast, like are you as broadcasters, is it just your voices or like do we see you as well? And like how about like scores? Um, Where does that come in? Yeah. So it's just like a regular broadcast. So you can see us as much as our director wants you to. So essentially, we will do a stand-up on the court just to open the game, like you sometimes see them do on regular television, linear TV. Um, during the broadcast, you're hearing us constantly. And if they decide to show us, they may come to us with our headsets on, just like you would see in a regular game. So we're, we're there constantly audio-wise, but you don't see us unless, they put us on camera, but it, that's just like, you know, if you're watching the game on TNT tomorrow, you may or may not see Marv Albert and Chris Weber. You know what I mean? Like you hear mm-hmm. them and they show them at the table sometimes, but they're not always on camera. Um, and it's, it's pretty cool because if you look to your left and right, they also have stats up constantly. Like you can choose different things. You can choose your camera angles. Um, you can stay on our, what we call our director's cut, which is you get to see whatever we show you but you can also go in and choose which camera angle you want to watch from as the game is proceeding. So you have a lot of control. It's awesome. I mean, during the games, sometimes we'll show a replay and, you know, it's like a dunk and you can see like the Lakers bench is exploding and LeBron James is on the floor celebrating. And I can say, look to your left. You'll see the the Lakers bench just go crazy. And so you can look and see real time or in the replay other things besides what we're showing you. You know what I mean? It's That's it's amazing. Okay, I need one of these. Imagine this is like, gonna be my new explaining way. that, like you were talking about 10-year-old Stephanie earlier. Imagine explaining right. that to 10-year-old Stephanie. <laughs> not a chance. There's not a chance I would have even fathomed that that was a possibility. And still, to this day, this is my second season doing the, vir- the virtual reality with Intel and TNT it still blows my mind. I mean, the things that we see, it's, it's unbelievable. My husband sent me a video of my kids watching the very first one we did. And it was adorable because they have on this headset, but all you can see is like their arms flailing out and reaching. And they're like, mommy, it's like, you're right here. It's like, you're right <laughs> here, mommy. <laughs> How fun. We learned a new word today, linear TV. So that's like the regular old boring TV that I have to go back and watch now that right. I've heard this amazing description. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, linear television. That is, it's 
it's funny how things change quickly, right? <laughs> so cool. <laughs> well, um, we don't want to keep you much longer. Cassidy, do you want to um, ask our final question? Yeah, I'm wondering, we are Trailblazer fans, so naturally we're interested in this Portland OKC series. What storylines are you going to be watching for in this series? Because we know you're covering it. Yes, there's so many good ones, actually. We were just talking about this. Um, You know, the first one's the obvious one, obviously, with OKC sweeping Portland during the regular season for nothing. You wonder, you know, how do you respond to that? So we actually talked to a bunch of guys in practice today about that very thing, and they are very confident. So if you're a Blazers fan, you should be excited about that because they feel like they did things the right way, just shots weren't falling. They were getting open shots the last time they played. They just weren't dropping, and they feel confident that that's not going to happen again. Um, They feel a lot better about their playoff hopes this season versus years past because they think that they're more battle-tested. You know, they feel like they've been there. They have more experience, and that's just going to help them have success in the first round. They also have a much deeper team. I know that Nurkic is hurt, but they didn't have Seth Curry. They didn't have Rodney Hood. Cancer is there. You know, like, they're a different team now. Mm-hmm. So they're very confident and looking forward to uh, playing against the Thunder. Well, that's awesome. Well, um, we want to thank you so much uh, for joining us today, Stephanie. We are looking forward to your coverage of the playoffs. I can't wait to hear from Cassidy once she gets a VR set up because I can t- tell you're <laughs> yes. itching. Oh, I'm going for it. <laughs> like, I know your family is very into trying out like new technology stuff, so I can't wait to hear how that goes. Yeah. And, and Stephanie, you've made it sound like really compelling and super interesting. Uh, thank you for coming on and sharing your story. And uh, we're looking forward to your coverage of the playoffs on TNT. Got games two and four, and then we'll see where it goes from there. Awesome. So we will see you on TNT for uh, Tuesday, April 16th, and Sunday, April 21st from OKC. Thanks again for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. It's been my pleasure. And if you try the VR, hit me up. Let me know how it goes. Oh, I will. I'm going to have my husband convinced of this in like two days. We'll have it. (laughs) Well, how about that, Cassidy? We uh, now know about more about virtual reality than I ever thought I would. And that was, that sounds really amazing. I was super skeptical of it when I saw it being um, advertised, but Stephanie makes it sound super cool. Yeah. And my goal has always been to sit courtside and, My budget does not allow that. And so this is, I'm about to be sitting courtside in my living room. That's for sure. I'm very excited about this. Well, I expect a uh, full report once you've given it a try. Well, (laughs) so what did you think of uh, the storylines that uh, Stephanie is following? Did you have any that you would add for, you know, interesting things that you're going to be watching for this Blazer OKC uh, matchup? Yeah. Um, I'm definitely going to be watching for Westbrook and Dame. I think that that is an interesting dynamic. I think there's there's the trash talk element that I also love. And I think that Dame has been pretty quiet throughout the season when it has come to that. And I think that maybe we're going to see an explosion of awesome. And I don't know. I, I really hope that we see Dame just like harvest all of that energy and just go for it. We just see playoff game to a whole new level that we've never seen before. The, um, 
do you think that there's any Blazers that have a particularly uh, great opportunity to uh, break out and make a name for themselves in this series? Yeah, I think Zach Collins is on a stage that he probably has never been able to be on before. Mm-hmm. And I think that he has the opportunity to kind of really show us what he's got and show that high energy, you know, ready to throw himself on the floor for a loose ball kind of attitude. And I think that is going to be amazing to watch. But I think also Cantor is going to be a big story. Uh, Without Nurk, we need Cantor to be big, but we also need all our bigs to be on top of it. So, yeah, we need them to be big. Uh, How about you? You got anybody you're watching out for? Um, Well, I'm just keeping my eye on Mo Harkless because I just love how he's blossomed in the second half. Mm -hmm. And I know that, like, the narrative of the last couple years has been, well, sure, Mo always, you know, blossoms in the second half. I just am convinced that this year it's different. And this is the actual Mo that we're going to be seeing from here on out. And I really, really want to. Um, see a tough showing on both ends of the floor for him. I mean, when he made that shot against the Lakers the other night, I knew that was going in. I just, it was, and it was such a great feeling to know that it was going in. Um, And so I'm, I'm hoping that that's what, that's how this uh, series is going to roll out. But, you know, like on the Blazers Edge podcast and on Blazers Edge, we've all been talking about the Blazers OKC matchup. Well, of course, last week we were talking about Blazers Jazz. <laughs> but I'm wondering, um, in all of the playoff series that are going on right now, uh, which ones are you most interested in besides the one with the Trailblazers in it? Um, well, I must say I'm just like a playoff fanatic, so I'm going to be watching pretty much as much as I possibly can. But I would say one of the series that I didn't expect to be exciting, but after this morning's game, I'm going to be watching a little bit more closely on is that Brooklyn-Philly matchup. I think it is – it's. It's a recipe for a fun series. You've got Philly, which is full of personalities. And then you have so many ex-Blazers to cheer for on Brooklyn that watching Ed Davis just go for it today was amazing. And I think I'm excited to watch that series, but I'm also excited to watch every Western Conference series. (laughs) I think a lot of Blazers Twitter was watching that game cheering for Ed Davis. There was a ton. It was like the old days. There was a ton of Ed Davis in the timeline For sure. I thought that Philadelphia looked super disengaged and that's Mm -hmm. not even, and that was like before we found out they were on their phones on the sideline. We don't know what's going on with that yet. Um, but it, uh, certainly didn't do anything to add to the appearance that they were, uh, hustling in that game. I mean, at just one point I watched Joel Embiid take three, take and miss three three pointers in a row from exactly the same spot. Like, what are you doing? Like, did you guys learn nothing? But, you know, stop taking them. Yes, I'm sure that they will come back with some other game plan. But uh, I mm-hmm. I do believe that um, uh, there's a lot of people in Portland who are watching that Brooklyn series and cheering for them. The one of the ones that I'm interested in is I'm really interested in the Jazz Houston one because yeah. I feel like those teams are just going to beat each other up. And um, that's I think I think it's going to be a hard matchup for Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just I just think it'll be a, a brutal fight. Um, but also I think the Spurs and the Nuggets are going to be super interesting because you got the young upstarts who haven't Mm -hmm. made it to the, to the playoffs in many, many years. And then you have the Spurs who haven't not made it to the playoffs in many, many years. And uh, I think that's going to be fascinating to see how like the new guard, uh, looks against the old stalwarts, um, Mm -hmm. and how that all turns out. 
yeah, we are set up for having an amazing playoff season. That's for sure. Well, and also just the uh, the un- this year there's more unknowns, I think, than we've had in a while, you know, mm-hmm. with, obviously without LeBron. And um, I, th- I think the overwhelming, uh, um, you know, the general thought is that Golden State is going to be able to just roll over and, you know, destroy everybody in their path. But there's been enough inconsistencies. There's yeah. been enough, like, question marks during the season that it makes it still compelling to watch. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's not a, oh, well, duh. You know, it's it's a they're going to have to play really well and they're going to have to face some good teams. And so nothing is ever a for sure in the NBA. Anything can happen on any given night. And I think I mean, we've seen that and we've seen it time and time again. And I think anybody who just thinks this is all wrapped up is. They haven't watched enough NBA basketball. <laughs> right. I was listening to, I think it was Ryan Rossillo today, uh, talk on um, his podcast. And he was, you know, doing some piece that, you know, you know, was all about how, you know, one of the things about this year is that we just don't know what's going to happen. And there's been all these series in the past where we thought we knew what was going to happen and it didn't happen. And it was like, well, yeah, duh, that's what sports is, right? Yeah. I mean, that's why we watch sports because you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's the whole point. Yeah. So, And when it really plays out, it's. I mean, I think it's more fun. You know, I love chaos. So I think it's more mm-hmm. – the more upsets and unexpected things that happen for me, the better. And there's a lot of that potential. One last question about the playoffs before we go. Who do you think is going to come out of the East? Oh, you know, I mean, tomorrow you could have a different answer. It's totally fine to have a completely different answer next week as well. (laughs) I feel like I'm also kind of pulling for this team. So I'm going to go with Milwaukee. I think it would be fun to watch them succeed. Giannis is a a joy to watch play basketball. And so I think I'm and I think they have a solid team. They have a lot of good chemistry, which reminds me of the Blazers. And I think that they could be the team that makes it out of the East this year, but I think it's going to be a battle to do that. How about you? Yeah. I mean, I like Milwaukee. I think it might be Toronto, but I'm rooting for Milwaukee. The Toronto game's on right now and uh, man, their stadium is super or their arena is really, really loud. By the way, Mm -hmm. in that Philadelphia game, like they're, it's just boggles my mind that they boo the they boo their own players like in the playoffs at the beginning of the playoffs like and consistently not like like how do you we're think down by 20 and a, yeah and I, a lot of players mentioned it in the exit interview today like their post-game interviews today and i just uh it is but then they see him on the phones and it's like okay yeah. but um you know i don't know i don't i just I can't imagine booing the Blazers ever. Right. I just, I don't, I can't imagine that anybody thinks that that's a successful tactic to get a team to play better. Yeah. I don't, (laughs) I don't see it, but it is Philly. Different, yeah. Yeah, Different attitude. Maybe it's inspiring. I don't know. That's true. Yeah. That's a whole uh, different side of the country from where we are. So maybe they have a whole uh, different take on that. (laughs) Well, 
Blazers have their first playoff game on Sunday. We will have this podcast come out sometime on Sunday. Our schedule is a little wacky with the playoffs and with the opportunities, like being able to talk to Stephanie came up. We, of course, had to um, act on that, and we wanted to get our conversation with her out as soon as possible. So that does make the podcast schedule a little weird. Um, But... You know what? If everybody just goes to Blazer's Edge on iTunes and signs up, then they'll get all the episodes of the What Podcast and the Blazer's Edge podcast as soon as they drop. So don't you think people would want to just do that? I think so. I mean, it, it's the only thing that really makes sense. <laughs> that is. Well, that's going to do us do it uh, for this episode. Um, Cassie, why don't you tell people where they can find you on the social media and all that stuff? You can find me on Twitter at Cassidy Gemmets. C-A-S-S-I-D-Y-G-E-M-M-E-T. And you can find me at TCB Biggs on Twitter. You can also follow the Hoops and Talks podcast at Hoops and Talks. And you can send us an email if you want to join a very special and revered uh, group of people who have sent us emails. You may do that as well and become one of a very special group that Cassidy and I squeal over because we're so excited when we get email. We uh, love email. That we love email it. is Hoops and Talks at gmail.com so I think that is about it for us and we will talk to you soon